0: Welcome back to Radio Entrepreneurs. I'm Jonathan Friedman, and our next guest up in the studio is David Zamarin, CEO and founder of Detropel. Welcome to Radio Entrepreneurs.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So uh, I think it's fair to say we can call you a kitty entrepreneur. You, uh, your, your current company, your current product, you founded when you were how old, approximately? This company, I was 15. 15. So yeah, I guess you can call it, you know, in hindsight, we can call you a kitty. Um, uh, really <laughs> impressive. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your company and about your product? Uh, And then we could talk a little bit about your journey as an entrepreneur.
1: Sure. So the company Detropel is a protective coatings company. We make all types of different chemistries and chemical coatings that can be applied to a variety of surfaces um, and primarily fabrics that could then repel liquids and thereby stain. So it saves you time and money from having to replace or clean your items or your favorite belongings. And that was kind of the genesis behind the, the business. It started with me wanting to clean or keep my shoes clean, rather um it ultimately so this isn't an, to- this
0: isn't a risky business sort of scenario the folks were out of town you're 15 years old somebody dumped something on your sofa I'm like I got to find a better way to clean this
1: no no it was more <laughs> like I uh I got into a, a very competitive high school and middle school um public school but magnet school they get the test to get into in Philadelphia uh one of the top in the country and as a gift my grandparents gave me a couple hundred bucks and I paired that with a couple hundred bucks of my own and um, bought Jordans, bought some sneakers that I thought were ridiculously expensive and super worthless in the, in the grand scheme of things. But to me at the time, uh, they were worth everything. I hated getting them dirty. So that's kind of how the initial idea came about.
0: Wow, so so the mother of invention. How do I preserve my very expensive sneakers and keep them showroom quality for one day being able to sell them on eBay? Right, exactly. <laughs> See, you're a, you're an entrepreneur through and through. Um, so <laughs> so tell us how you went from uh, having this desire need to developing a company because uh, I'm sure a lot of uh, pain and and uh, learning uh, you experienced oh, yeah. along the way. Uh, what was we'll that do. like?
1: Yeah, um, well, so I was I kind of the background to the story is I, uh, I got into this high school and I, I looked around and I looked at my peers um, and I realized that, you know, we're all the same on paper. Like every, every student was exceptional academically. We had joined like multiple clubs. We were all in like robotics or some kind of athletics and so on and so forth. So I really started to think about when I'm going to be applying to college, how am I really going to stand out? And so I have, and I I always had an entrepreneurial mindset. I was very entrepreneurial from a, from a young age. So (laughs) one of the, one of the classes I was taking, I think it was like a Spanish class. We were sitting in the classroom and we got this poster kind of passed around that, that mentioned a youth entrepreneurship program, like an incubator. And I ended up applying. I was the only non-senior to get in out of the 20 kids that got in out of the several hundred, or I think it was a couple thousand that applied. And I still, to this day, don't know why I was accepted. Um, I, you know, I I wasn't anything, you know, special. I was just very um, adamant about entrepreneurship. I really fell in love with the the concept because that was the first time I ever really heard the word. Until then, I really knew that everyone was in business was an entrepreneur, but now there's a clear distinction. And so I um, I realized that I wanted to start this business, the shoe cleaning company, because some mentors of mine recommended that I pivot my initial idea, which was, I wanted to come up with a film to keep my shoes dirty. I wanted to spray something that could be peeled off whenever it got dirty. And that way I had this outer layer, but I knew nothing about chemistry. So they said, well, why don't you start a shoe cleaning business? And at this time I was 14 years old. And I said, yeah, well, I mean, why not? Uh, initially I, I didn't want to, cause I had some pride about cleaning other people's shoes but uh, I ultimately pivoted the idea to clean and repair and condition uh, sports shoes, sports teens' shoes at local universities in Philadelphia. And so that business actually was very successful for me as a 14 year old. Um, and then ultimately, eventually I, uh, or sorry, I, I started when I was 14 and it turned 15 pretty quick. Uh, so I was 15 years old running that business. And then I got an opportunity to sell the company within like four months, which was crazy. Uh, and again, it was an an absorbent amount of money for a 15 year old uh, who really comes from nothing. So for me, I was fortunate to have strict parents and I wasn't allowed to just spend the money frivolously. And so eventually, I just, I, you know, I sold the business and in the summer I was thinking, well, what am I gonna do next? And So I, I started thinking about my next venture and that's when I started looking into competitors of what Detrapel does now. And I found out about nanotechnology.
0: So uh, fast forward to finding out about nanotechnology and um, taking that and coming up with the concept or the idea of Detrapel um and taking that concept or idea and bringing it to fruition where there's an actual product and now uh the only challenge is building a market (laughs) and getting distribution so um what what is the uh, trajectory what is the pathway of that been um, you know is is having the idea and the concept it sounds like your first business that accelerated very quickly and sold you didn't have to go through a lot of the pains and challenges of an entrepreneur building a market and getting distribution um, I would imagine in your current uh, company there there's been a little more of that um, you just had to find customers in the first case <laughs> now you've got to find customers and find a market for your for your product.
1: Well, it's definitely more complicated now because we're not just selling shoe spray or spray that's for consumers. We do, the majority of our business is industrial. So we work with manufacturers, whether upholstery or or furniture manufacturers or carpet and rug manufacturers, whatever it may be, even automotive manufacturers that spray our products. We have a variety of different chemicals now. We, we don't just have one protector for fabrics. Um, we have stuff for food packaging. We have things for antiviral technology, I mean, we have a lot of different, very unique IP. Um, so that's why we call ourselves an advanced materials company that's specifically focused in protective coatings. And that's what we do. We we make all types of coatings that ultimately save you time and money, whether that's the other business owner that's involved or it's a consumer, because we do have a consumer side of our business. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely had challenges with my, my first, I'll, I call it real business, which was lick your soul. Um, but definitely not the same. And I think I was, I had a lot more, uh, I guess <laughs> I was a lot more naive at the time where I thought I could easily, you know, do anyone in everyone's shoes. So I, I loaded on as much inventory as I could to, to, to do. And, and that's how I ended up being relatively successful. But, um, when with, with Reply, I mean, it's been eight years now since I've been, you know, since I started the company and we've transitioned quite a a lot into these other markets and so that's where the real challenges come in because as you mentioned we we do have to figure out how to find the right customers how to find the right pitch and more importantly how to knock out the legacy players in the industry that frankly suck
0: and i would imagine a lot of the legacy players are uh large conglomerates probably chemical companies that everyone's heard of household names Um, 3m dupont scotch all those guys timores yeah Yeah. And so, you know, you're up. It's the uh, David versus Goliath story to some degree, uh, getting an opportunity to get a foot in the door. But it sounds like um, one of your Proof of concept and proof points is is in the efficacy of your product versus what those companies may be doing. They got a lot of right. marketing dollars behind them, but whether their product actually does what it's supposed to do or not. So very interesting. <laughs> so you transition from dealing with uh, teams to um, probably uh, production managers or people making decisions, because if I understand correctly, most of your product is is an OE is, is built into the o, baked into the OEM product, um, and so yes. with the exception of your consumer division. And so you're right. selling to uh, to corporations that are utilizing your product within uh, their product line. Um, yep. What uh, what have been some of the uh, lessons? And you mentioned that your company obviously has accelerated growth. You're you're um, on your way to raising some external capital. Um, yep. How, what What has the growth trajectory been like? How do you manage the, the expectations of prospective investors or other investors in terms of where you are today versus what your uh, projections were? Um, I'm imagining, you know just pure speculation the pandemic may have been good for a company like yours. People spent more time at home. They bought more furniture and things of the like. So um, that may have been a, a little bit of a boon um but yeah (laughs) production challenges like anybody else you know getting your staff together or making your product during the pandemic was was challenging so tell us a little bit about that journey and how you navigated your way
1: yeah i mean on the onset of the pandemic we 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 thought that you know there might be some serious problems with the business because we didn't know how we were going to sustain ourselves but fortunately um you know being an in-house manufacturer of, of chemicals and all types of different products um we were able to pivot quite quickly quite quickly and, and make you know hand sanitizer, cleaner and disinfectant. And um those did well. But also as you mentioned, our regular business also picked up just because people were at home and wanting to protect their things on the consumer side. For a short period of time, industrial businesses were shut down um, and no one really cared about you know our products. So that was a little bit difficult. But last year was was the best year we've had so far. Um and probably will be, I mean hopefully not, but likely is looking like it'll be better than it was than it's going to be this year um and there are a variety of factors for that but you know for us the the growth challenges are always there like you know there's always going to be an issue when you're doing everything in house we don't outsource a single thing of our operation like the only thing that we outsource is the printing of our labels and the courier boxes which is done domestically in massachusetts anyway Um, so we're very keen on doing as much as possible as we can in our own facility whether that's R&D, manufacturing, production, packaging, you name it, shipping, we do it here. Uh, And and there's a couple of reasons for that. But the primary reason is because we can control it. Um, So last year, for example, when demand went skyrocketing, we were able to control our own production channels and increase our productivity by going from one shift, you know, maybe five times a week or four times a week to running three shifts, seven days a week and so on and so forth and so having that ability and having automated equipment and a a really state-of-the-art facility at at the stage that we're in as a startup um, even though it's been eight years I mean I don't really count the first four or five Um, but you know now we've been we've been really pushing the envelope here with with getting the type of equipment that we need getting the automation that we need and trying to manage our our challenges forward meaning that You know, right now we have our constraints and we know what they what those are, but we also know how we can quickly pivot and we have the pan, the plan, if needed, if if something did kind of switch overnight.
0: Wonderful. So uh, something that uh, age has taught you is the uh, wisdom of planning, stepping back and and uh, and looking forward to try and uh, mitigate risk. Uh, As much as possible. Uh, David Zamarin, it's uh, it's been a real pleasure getting to know you and learning a little bit about your company and and your products. If people wanted to reach out and speak to you more, uh, you know, various applications, learn about your products, what's the best way for them to reach out to you?
1: Yeah, best place place is going to be either LinkedIn or Instagram. Um, I'm not on anything else much often, um, but I get the notifications for those two specifically and nothing else. So those are the best ways to get to
0: me. Excellent. Our guest has been David Zamarin, CEO and founder of Detropel. It's been a pleasure having you on Radio Entrepreneurs and uh, wish you the best of success in your, uh, the rest of your journey.
1: Thank you. And likewise.
0: Maybe I have to check back when you're 25. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> good, good stuff. It's really uh, been a pleasure and, and inspirational to hear from somebody that had the vision and the bug so early on. So uh, continued success. And we'll be right back with another segment on Radio Entrepreneurs.